Spawn on Me is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaku, y'all. Yo, what up, everybody on the Spawn On Me planet of Bracago? Happy 2023. Happy New Year to all of you rocking with me here on the show. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you had a fantastic holiday New Year. I had a blast. It was super, super dope uh, to be here. Uh, and hanging with wonderful friends and family. Uh, it was super, super cool to be able to be with people that I love and respected and, and wanted to hang out with for the new year. I hope you did the same and I hope you had a wonderful week of reflection. I hope you had a wonderful week of remembrance. I hope you had a wonderful week of giving yourself flowers and giving other people flowers who you know impacted your life in a real way. Uh, during the holiday break and the, the New Year's break. Um, Got to give a massive shout out to everyone who's here on twitch.tv slash spawn on me rocking with us. We got our friends Ghetto Nerd Society. We got Omega Red. We got Bro Mopar hanging out with us today uh, and a whole cavalcade of other dope folks hanging out watching our live show here on twitch.tv slash spawn on me. Yo, um, it was a really good week i went to a wedding uh for new year's which is always super fun like i really like new year's weddings new year's weddings are super cool because then you get a chance to see people like embarking on a really big momentous thing while also having that space to kind of like you know bring in a new year i think changes for the year are always super important i think it's always really nice to be able to have those moments where you kind of sit you you take audit of everything that's going on in your life and you give thanks and you give a lot of appreciation and you do a lot of that work to be able to kind of come together and bring some good energy into the new year and and for me it was really really important to do so cuz i think this year is a really big year for us in terms of what the show is going to be the future of the show you know where it currently sits in the space and we get a chance to give ourselves some flowers and I hope that, you know, all of you really are a, a, a big part of the flowers that we're going to give and get in this year where we're reaching our 10th year. It'll be um, in a couple of weeks towards the end of the month is when we had our first episode of Spawn on Me and um, 10 years later, we're still rocking and still making it happen and still going and, and making dope things, you know, go through the, the Internet. Uh, which is super cool. I think, you know, when we started this show almost a decade ago, uh, there were no other podcasts except for one, really, who was talking about gaming through a prism of blackness and talking about gaming through, um, you know, the, 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 the pillars of what we think of black culture to be. Um, and, you know, a lot of those shows are no longer with us. A lot of those shows have fallen off and we have not. It has been cool to be able to be a part of a legacy, hopefully, that will be long lasting in the gaming industry and hopefully the one that people will remember us for when we are no longer doing the show and I'm no longer doing Spawn on Me. So uh, we have a big year. Uh, Spawnies is coming up in whew, almost 22 days now, 22 days out from Spawnies. Uh, next week, I'll be doing a bunch of work. Um, you know, promoting the show and going out and doing a lot of that. 
Uh, so you'll see me in a, in a couple of different outlets uh, doing interviews and stuff like that. So please keep attention and pay attention to those and please share the love, um, you know, when those things happen. Uh, and I'm really excited about the show this year. I think, you know, we have a really fun show that's going to be leveled up a little bit you know bigger than what we were able to do last year with all of us being remote uh and with covid being a big part of that conversation uh it's going to be very very cool to, to see the level up for uh spawnies this year uh that i hope is a, a way to kind of give you know us more energy to push forward in a bigger way for 2023 and you know all of you with us um, being a part of that journey. I think I, I never look back on any of this work and say, oh my God, this was only me. There was a lot of people who are part of this 10 year journey. Reef, C, uh, Tanya, you know, all the people who were co-hosts of the show uh, at one point, founders and co-hosts of the show uh, at one point. Uh, there a lot of good energy that came through this, 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 this place and this space. Over all those years, I think we've done a fantastic job of being able to showcase our dopeness within the gaming industry, and Spawnies is a culmination of that in the year. Uh, so we'll be doing a lot of fun stuff in another 22 days, uh, talking about our games of the year, the games of the years that you all picked uh, to be the, the games that are representative of the Spawnies. Um, so it's, it's very, very cool to be you know, a part of the fabric that makes gaming and, and, and all of those things therein. So I would say if you're watching us here on Twitch, you know, last year we had uh, the the ghost of Christmas Twitch ads come through and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and kind of jump into the mix of the show that we were doing during our music break and we got a whole bunch of ads. Now is the perfect time to subscribe to our channel for this month. That way you won't get ads during the show, during the broadcast. Uh, if you use your prime, uh, subscription, if you have one, you know, five bucks will get you a subscription for our channel. Uh, and, and I usually don't ask for people to sub during a month. Um, but this month is a really good month to sub to us. If you're listening on the audio versions of the show, and if you're listening to us live on Twitch today, um, it's a perfect time to do that so that you don't get any of those ads during the show proper. You know, of course the, 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 the finished version will be up on YouTube with no ads, but you know, no YouTube ads, YouTube ads will put the YouTube on ads on ads on it. That's what I mean. That was supposed to be a sentence. Uh, but you know what I mean? Uh, so it's been really cool to bring you the show. It's been really cool to, to, to have this be a part of my life for the past decade. And we continue on, uh, this year with some dope content, some dope planned shows, some dope, really big guests and, and all of those things there in. And with that, I think we have a really dope, guest for this week um i want to get into it um because i think one of the coolest parts of our show is we get a chance to talk to really awesome folks about what they do about what they are getting into about the processes of you know being a part of our industry and one of the folks who i think of consistently is a gent named harold goldberg who runs the new york uh, video game critic circle and has been doing that for over 12 years um, and they are also having a award show that they do it's going to be back home in my hometown of new york uh harold and reggie fils will be presenting and 
hosting the show. Um, and, and we had a really good interview with him uh, a couple days ago that I wanted to share with you all today, um, where we talk a little bit about, you know, how he was doing this work, you know, what is kind of entailed doing this work, um, and, and what has it been like to kind of, you know, in a space where, over, especially over the past couple of weeks, the conversation from a lot of critics, a lot of folks who write in the video game spaces, you know, is AI going to take our jobs? Do we feel like we're being respected by the, the communities that we serve within the video game industry by telling the stories about how games are made and talking about games and reviewing and doing all that stuff? It was a fascinating conversation with Harold um, that I want to share with you all. Um, and, and I think, you know, he breaks down some really fun stuff and, and we talk about, you know, what it's like to kind of build a new show uh, over a decade and, and, and have those things be within that conversation. So we're going to run that interview right about now and then we'll take a break right after. But here is our interview with Harold Goldberg, the creator of the New York Video Games Award Show. What's good, everybody? We are back here on Spawn on Me. We have a fantastic guest with you, with us today, uh, to be rocking with us on this episode of the show. Harold Goldberg, founder and EIC of the New York Video Games Critics Circle, here to talk to us about the New York Game Awards. Harold, thank you so much for being here with me today. A big fan of all your work. You've been doing such good and, and important work in the space for so long. So excited to have you here with me today. How are you doing? I'm good, Cleve. Thanks so much for having me on and uh, to talk about our work in the New York Game Awards. Uh, I'm so excited, not only as a former New Yorker, uh, but as a person in the video game space to see, you know, just how much the show has grown and how fantastic and how much it is, you know, really doing the work of pushing the conversation forward about the, the critical work that all of you are doing to make sure that video games are being kind of respected in the way that they deserve. Um, you're on your 12th year of doing this. How is everything going uh, on the making? a game award award show going i mean at this point we kind of have a system down where you know we throw different tasks to different people um like for instance john john Azalona is our uh, creative director we couldn't do the show without him um you know we really start reggie and i start um right after the awards finished to talk about uh, you know what went right what went wrong and starting on the next one and then the same thing with all our uh, core members we we talk about it right away try to figure out what we can do uh better for the next one because you can always do better but we have we have a system down and uh um we have been doing it virtually for the last two years so on 117 23 we'll be live again at sva theater which is exciting for us um you know we miss the crowd it's good to do it virtual because uh, you really don't have to leave the house so the, uh, the 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 part of me that uh, never wants to leave home and just play games or watch <laughs> movies appreciates that. But I, I re really love to mingle with the fans, and, and this um, this live event will give us uh, reason to do that. Plus, we have Phil Spencer, uh, who's getting our Andrew Yoon Legend Award. So Phil will be flying into town and uh, uh, you know seeing all his fans, and it, it's just going to be a great uh, uh, award show. I'm really excited. Again, I think when I get a chance to see the show, I'm always taken aback at just like how many folks that are within that that group that you have 
are just so seasoned folks who have been in the space for so long and again i think we think of video games as as, as this kind of very uh quick paced thing where we're constantly moving and we're getting stuff together but it, it really does have a foundation and i think the, the the game awards do a really good job of 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 showcasing this of just how many folks really have spent so much time thinking about writing about and and talking about this medium that we all love in games how was it to kind of start this critic circle you know 12 plus years ago so 12 years ago i uh i wrote a book called all your base are belong to us how 50 years of video games conquered pop culture and it really did do well it was in vanity fair you know popular magazine um you know the awards were written about in the new york times um, um and uh, i i just felt like it was important to do something beyond the gaming space that would help the community. So I remember uh, at the time, people wanted me to go to work for game companies as like editor and chiefs of their content or, uh, you know, make a documentary about the book I wrote. And I, I really felt like, well, there's no real critic circle, right? There's no, especially there's no critic circle that isn't just a bunch of bros. <laughs> and so when I gathered critics I knew around, I wanted to make sure that it was uh, kind of a social justice oriented group where there would every kind of uh, uh, good writer uh, would, would be welcome into the group. And uh, um, I think we succeeded in that quickly. Um, Evan Narses, uh, who was at Kotaku at the time, who now, you know, most recently or recently uh, wrote part of uh, the Spider-Man Miles Morales game. Um, he was there for the first meeting. Dan Ackerman from CNET. Um, Tracy John who was at VH1 at the time. Just it was just a, a good group, but we were we just didn't want a bunch of white people. Um, in the group, so I, I made sure that that was uh, um, the way the the beginning of the circle would would uh, would start. It was going to be a, a group that uh, was welcoming to all people, and then about uh, two three years into it. Um, Catherine Soros, um, our our friend, uh, invited me up to the Bronx to uh, help. Uh, uh, students out with their college essays and and, and uh, um, it was a great school called the dream yard uh, prep school and uh, they enjoyed um, hearing about me working in video games because I had been doing it for a long time and I, I I taught this one kid about you know how to write his essay and he said well I feel like I'm the outcast here and it's kind of a school of underserved people so mm -hmm. to see see one person felt like an outcast kind of among outcasts you know, my heart went out to him and he asked me if i if i go to college dude like how am i going to be accepted there if i'm not accepted here and i said well you kind of find your people in college it's mm -hmm. different than the clicks in high school but when i got back i i was really moved by that moment and i said to our our group you come on let's take our knowledge up to the bronx and uh start teaching kids about writing and and working in teams and and uh, how to write reviews and narrative 
And so we started with that one class at DreamYard, and it's kind of exploded over the years to become something that's happened out here in the Lower East Side where I live and, and all over the Bronx and in homeless shelters. And, and just it just it just keeps growing. We're, still, we're starting at a Brooklyn homeless shelter um, in February. So as, as, as long as we have uh, person power, we will come to your school and, 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 and teach you about games and have fun with games. But that's what it became, Khalif. It became eventually a nonprofit that serves uh, underserved people of color and, and homeless students. And we give them uh, paid scholarships. Uh, we give them paid internships if they're really good at the internship, we then um, hooked them up with an internship at Rockstar Games, who became our partner a few years ago uh, um, in the circle. Mm-hmm. Just try to make sure that students get scholarships and get um, uh, uh, jobs in games. You know, I mean, I, I don't have to tell you this, but it's only 2% of black people that have jobs in games right now, maybe a mm-hmm. little more, but not over 3%. And so we're trying in our small way to change that and make sure that 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 people who are underserved get those jobs in games. So this is our way of helping out. And that's why we do the New York Game Awards, because it's a really kind of a Trojan horse for showcasing our work with underserved students. So uh, I think uh, Mikita Byfield, uh, who's an intern of ours, she's going to actually co-host with us this time. So um, she's going to be great and uh, did a lot of acting at high school and um, recently interviewed Man and Gage from Immortality for us. So they had a great time just talking about acting. Um, (laughs) So, so, so I think, I think we have a good show lined up and uh, we also have a best educator award of course we love giving game awards but um you know game of the year we have a couple of new awards uh, one is the uh nyc gwb award for dlc which GWB <laughs> is uh uh george washington bridge so all of our we have fun with the titles of all of our awards there they're all New York centric. So, um, yeah, so we have a few new award categories. We have musicians, we have uh, the daily shows, uh, comedians, and, and writers helping us out with videos and humor. So, it's always a good show. I love the fact that you talked about the way you're all giving back. I know as a, you know, born and bred Bronxite, you know, shout out to Truman High School uh, up in Co op City. Um, yeah. It is one of those things that i would have died to have been able to have gotten some of that tutelage early on to kind of learn you know if there were routes to getting into the gaming industry as a young kid young black kid especially in the space where i think a lot of the conversations around the kind of pipeline into games is always talked about in this very tech-centered way but it doesn't really talk about the artistic layers of of how you can potentially get in there are millions or hundreds of of writers and thousands of writers and and thousands of folks who are doing creative tasks within the space but the work you're all doing in conjunction with the the new york game awards 
really does bring that into a space that I think is really filling a need that is that is there that I don't think a lot of kids understand the option is there, right? So getting a well, chance to yeah. be able to talk to it is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they knew about jobs and games when they come to us, and they're you know they come to us as young as like twelve years old sometimes. Mm. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, they they think it's like uh, because of ads on the internet, they think all they can get is job as a QA tester, and so we try to avoid you know get them rid of that idea and say well no you can make a lot of money if you put your mind to it as a narrative designer and so we uh you know many of our nyu interns have gone on to uh become really good narrative designers in games like elizabeth Ballou um um is working at uh, 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 did the did the narrative for Wildflowers, which is quite a popular mobile game this year. Mm. Is now working on a console game, so she comes back and she teaches kids about narrative. So, you know, we never let go of people. You know, <laughs> we always try to keep them around. And Elizabeth and and others are kind enough to uh, come back and talk uh, about jobs and games. And then same thing with Reggie Fizame. Yeah. Reggie is now on our board. Um, he was one of the first people, um, I was one of the first people he called when he, um, decided to retire from Nintendo and he had been at, uh, the, uh, one of the schools in the Bronx and really was moved by it. And he said, uh, one of the reasons I retired was because of you. And I said, <laughs> well, I, I thought for a minute that I had done something bad, you know, Reggie's retiring <laughs> and it's my fault. But uh, it, it actually was like he wanted to give back as well. And, and this was the first entity that he decided to give back with. So we're really happy that Reggie is on board um, and, and helps us out at every turn. Uh, he even wrote about us in his book, Disrupting the Game. So, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we had, you know, Reggie co-hosting is really important. We have a lot of fun and we've become uh, good 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 friends over the years i love that too because i think that that's also a part of the industry that i don't think a lot of people talk about i think there's a lot of conversation that revolves around the kind of negative news of the day or whatever the net latest acquisition is going to wind up being but it doesn't really talk about the feel-good stories of people reaching out and reaching back and giving that mentorship and their time effort and and talents to ideas that that oh revolve around kind of growing the new batch of people who are going to be talking about games in a much broader and comprehensive way you know in the critic circle do you do you feel like even within the the folks that are in that grouping that that's all a big part of the thrust behind the work that happens there too Yes, uh, I mean, I really do think that. I think that you know there are there are some people who just want to vote for the awards. That's fine, sure. but we do try to get everyone in the group to help out in some way. Um, so, and and you know, the feel good stories are just as important as the investigative stories. I mm. feel, and and you know, we have a great journalism award. It it, it often focuses on uh, you know, people digging up. Uh, dirt on, on uh, um, you know, game companies that are uh, mistreating uh, employees or the like. But our work um, has been written about as well. You know, the Washington Post has written about us, the New York Times, about, and, and it is, it is equally important to make sure that the next generation of people of color 
get jobs in games, right? It's mm. important to make them aware that they can do this. It's important that Reggie comes and says, look, look at me. You can do what I have done. Just put your mind to it. Um, and you know, that's that's kind of our message. We, we need to be um, uh, ever-present in the Bronx and elsewhere just to make sure that people know that they can get good jobs in video games and, and, and we're there to help um, break down the walls. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I'm also seeing and hearing from uh, a lot of folks and peers in in this space, especially kind of in the media journalism, you know, uh, critic conversation space has been, you know, the, the need for the work is so important to kind of not only, you know, be the arbiters and tell the stories of what's happening in the space in the moment. And we have the historians who are doing some of that work. Shout out to folks like Frank Cifaldi and the rest of those folks who are doing such great work there. But it feels like right now we're even at this interesting tipping point where, you know, the addition of, you know, uh, the idea around what critics are supposed to do in this space butts up a lot against the kind of youtuber content creator space and there are interesting lines that are that are really being drawn in in those ways what are folks in your circles talking about these days in terms of not only the the blurring of the lines but it feels like critics and writers aren't really getting their due anymore in the ways that we had seen in the early days of games journalism and, and conversations there. Are they, are they feeling, you know, like they're being disrespected or, or, or the craft isn't really giving or being given its due at this point? Does it feel like it's a weird contentious space uh, across that kind of strata right now? I, I think, I mean, so I began uh, my life as a writer, as a, as a music critic and yeah. a film writer, uh, you know, I'm now uh, working on, on, on documentaries and novels. Uh, so the reason I say that is you have to do your own thing without the noise of other people, right? Mm. And, and, and honestly, um, social media can be a good thing. YouTubers can be great things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if you stick to it and keep your nose to the dry, grindstone as a writer, as a journalist, as a feature writer in the game space, um, you can you can make your mark. I mean, people are making their mark every day and every year. I mean, when we recognize, uh, uh, say, a Rebecca Valentine mm. um, as uh, our journalist of the year, then that's just a nod to the great work that journalists are still doing. Mm. So I don't, I think, I think there's uh, more divvying up of the space, if you will, Mm. but there's still a space for uh, great writing and great criticism and great feature writing. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the stuff that comes out of, you know, outlets like bullet points and, and, and all those folks and Rebecca's brilliant at what she does uh so massive shout out to her um does it feel also like with the the current state of the gaming world there's just not enough hours in the day to get through all the games that are here anymore how hard is it to pick nominees these days for for an award show knowing just how many good games are out in the space right now 
It is effing difficult. Man. <laughs> it is. It, 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 but it, it always has been, right? So yeah. I think I counted at one point, and this is probably this is probably five years ago. So I've probably played about uh, 10, 11,000 games over my course of time in games. So um, I try to play a little of everything just so I know um, um, what's going on. And, and, you know, I do get sucked down to play 100 hours still, mm -hmm. if, uh, uh, like with uh, as I did with Elden Ring. Um or you know Red Dead Two or something. I, I just spend a lot of time on on a game, but yeah, it's it's overwhelming. Um, you know, we have different committees on, on on different games. Like there's an esports committee that does great work. Um, I have written about esports, but I'm not as savvy as people who cover it on a fairly daily basis. So, mm. so that's that's you know we divvy up the work to pe with people who know uh, a bit more what's uh, uh, going on in their space, and it works out pretty well. Yeah, it's it's always daunting to see just how many games come out not only in a year when you go back and you do that look back and see like all right these are all the games that came out this year how am i going to track down even stuff that i played in the beginning of a year in comparison to when you're doing an award show towards the end of the year it's always just mind-blowing how much well, stuff and, is in and there absolutely and i i felt it was going to be not a great year for games until mm. elden ring came out um, um you know there were i you know, I'm. Uh, I we keep a long list of, of of games that are really good. We you know we couldn't do this without the long list, but there are probably you know, two hundred games on that list that we have to whittle down every year. Mm. Um, but uh, I mean, luckily it's, it 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 wasn't a bad year for games. It was a very good year for games. So it, it just makes our job a little harder. Yeah. Any any. Any games that are, you know, on your radar for 2023 right now that you're like, ooh, I can't wait to get my hands on that and, and, and check those out? Um, GTA 6, right? <laughs> no, it's not coming out. No. I didn't say that. Um, you heard it here for... No, I'm just saying. I'm just looking. <laughs> no, I... I um... I'm looking at, for Breath of the Wild. Hopefully that will come out. Hopefully um, mm. Starfield will come out. Um, those those are games that look really interesting to me. Um, man, I'd love to see another Red Dead come out. That's not going to happen anytime soon. But mm. uh, that 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 was that's certainly one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm uh, dying to see and hear your thoughts about the multiple translations of video games to other adaptations that are see, being seen. We know The Last of Us is going to be on HBO very soon. There have been drips and drabs of stuff that have kind of moved, you know, into production here and there. I think there's a um, uh, the, the Halo TV show did fairly well. You know, all of those things are kind of coming. Quite. Are you finding also that in the the conversation around Around video games that also there is a interesting Venn diagram of now the way critics who are outside of games are talking about games and how a lot of game journalism is kind of touching across you know the way the other media is kind of talking about our medium too and our pastime too well I think that's generally a good thing um, I still don't uh, think Hollywood uh, does games quite well and mm. having 
in the past couple of years been kind of inside um, a couple of Hollywood studios, um, um, but they still need to kind of understand games. And yeah. that's been going on for a long time. They understand them better, but um, uh, they, they still still need to understand that. I, I'm anxious to see how the Mario movie does. Mm. Um, if it's, you know, if it's, it's better than... Um, what had been done with Mario in the past, you know, decades ago, we'll, we'll see, right? Um, Last of Us, I'm really looking forward to, you know, I've done a lot of coverage of that series over the last years, and, um, you know, I, I hope it's done well. I think it will be done well. But, you know, you can't tell until, until you actually see it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fingers crossed. But I, I am looking forward to seeing it in a couple of weeks. I'm lighting candles for a good Silent Hill movie before I die. <laughs> oh man! Well, I, I I didn't mind the first Silent Hill, Hill movie. Honestly, I thought there were some some good things to it. I mean, considering the other movies that were around it at the time, like yeah. the Doom movie, really sucked. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dwayne. um but uh uh but he owned up to that you know we he and i had a uh an interview uh after that and uh you know said he did what he could but it it didn't work out (laughs) i think i think movies are and 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 tv shows are are just going to get better um because people are beginning to understand how game narrative works and how to translate that to um, other media. Yeah. Well, we're, we're almost out of time, but you always go, man, fingers crossed because fingers crossed. (laughs) I I hope we get there. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where somebody will get it right soon. You know, I think we've had a lot of those crossovers. We have a lot of those kind of, you know, mashups and stuff. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see who really nails it. And maybe the last of us is, you know, maybe that'll be the one, maybe the HBO folks have gotten it right. Yeah, um, maybe. So we're we're almost out of time, um, but I do want to give you a chance to again plug the show. And if there's anything else that you feel like the the audience needs to know before we let you go, that'll really want to kind of pull them into the show for this year. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I just think while the Jeff's Game Awards has the glitz, uh, uh, the New York Game Awards has the solo. Yeah, and 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 if you're into like a soulful show, come out to the New York Game Awards. Go to nygamecritics.com. Get yourself a ticket. We're going to treat you like royalty. Um, you can come to an after party and get free beer and and uh, and wine. So uh, it's 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 really a show where we kind of treat the community well. In addition to the game developers. Uh- Again, I have to say, Harold, thank you so much for being here with me today. I I really seriously do appreciate the work that you put into all of the soul that goes into this award show and what it means to folks like me who are looking for inspiration while trying to build a thing, too. It's been really cool to see you continue to grow not only the Critics Circle, but the the New York Game Awards. And and it does have that soul that I think is missing from uh, some of the larger shows that are in that mix, too, where 
it does talk directly to the work that is happening from folks who don't really get a lot of recognition and i think it's beautiful that you all have decided to continue down this road i am hoping that one day there will be a fordham road category in this oh that's a good idea man that's a that is a good idea you know we're thinking we're thinking of having a bronx cheer award i'm not sure but that'll be a negative award so we'll see if we can pull that up oh man if we get that or if we get the the city island award that'll be that'll be fantastic you know yeah 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 sometime that'll happen at some point well harold Thank you so much for being with me today. Uh, Everybody at home, please go check out the award show. Make sure you're going and checking it out. We'll be having show notes in here with links to everything so you can go and check it out. And please, please do do go give Harold and the rest of the team uh, your love and in your eyes and ears because it'll be super, super cool as always. So until then, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. What a great conversation with Harold. Like, so dope to have someone like him talk to and about so many different aspects of the gaming space, the gaming critic space, the, you know, the New York Game Award show that's coming up very, very soon. Uh, we'll have full show notes in the audio version of the show. Uh, if you're here listening and watching here on uh, Twitch, we dropped some links in the chat for you all to go check out and support if you would like to do that right there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, about two minutes, and then we'll come back with a little bit of of the 411 for all of you at home. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Hey, do you need hams? Smoked hams, sandwich hams, black forest hams, white forest hams, deforest Kelly hams, spiral cut honey basted sweet and salty roasting hams. Wham, we've got the best damn hams at Sam's Hams, west of Tacoma. That's Sam's Hams. Yo, we are back from our break. Shout out to everybody who had a chance to check out the interview that we did with Harold Goldberg talking about the New York Game Awards. Again, go check that out on January 17th. That's 8 p.m. EST. If you want to go check that out and listen to and watch all the wonderfulness that's going to happen on that show. This week on the 411, there's one, like two kind of dope stories that I think need to be talked about for this episode of Spawn on Me. CES is happening or is finishing up right about now. Um, And gaming is a bit of uh, a part of that conversation. It's not a major part of what happens at CES, but it winds up getting some love uh, from a couple of different companies. Sony usually does a a pretty big presser uh, within that space. And there's been a couple of different things that they showcased and shared. But I think the biggest one that came out of CES this year was Project Leonardo, which was a new thing for Sony to get into from the PlayStation brand in terms of accessibility and a controller specifically made for accessibility. There was a fantastic article on Wired from our friend Supercrypt, uh, Grant Stoner, uh, that you should go check out. We'll put that also in the show notes for this week as well that talked about not only the kind of form factor for, for this controller that has multiple switches, multiple configurations, and multiple ways that folks in the accessibility can, community can use this controller, but talked about the kind of you know uh, amalgamation of all of the teams that came together to make this possible 
and having some outside help from organizations like StackUp and folks from like Able Gamers to make sure that this new controller is gonna be useful and, and be able to be used by folks in the accessibility community. I thought it was really, really brilliant to see Sony finally kind of embark and embrace this in a bigger way. I think one of the conversations that they've always talked about has been in their controllers. And, you know, I think the DualSense continues to still be something that is very, very important. I think it is still very, very cool to be able to see something like the Sony controller be in the space and be something that is, you know, used and, um, you know, has a lot of offerings for what we kind of see um, in the space. I think what I'm most excited about is being able to see how all of these things will kind of push gaming forward in a bigger way. I think the work that has been done from teams like Able Gamers and friends of of the show who have been a part of that organization for a long period of time, um, it is it is remarkable to see not only you know, gaming be talked about in these ways, but a, a device like this be put on, on, on stage front and center at a big show like CES. It is something that you don't really get a chance to see that really come through in those ways. Um, and it's nice to be able to, again, see, you know, some of the things that we've seen Microsoft do now see Sony start to embark on. Um, I love the fact that there's gonna be a lot of ability to have third-party switches be used with this controller. Uh, you know, being able to see, you know, and hear some of the stories. If you go check out the PlayStation blog um, of hearing some of the folks who helped to work on this and to be, who will be affected by this, be talked about in much bigger ways, I think is brilliant and, and fantastic. So major kudos to the folks uh, over at Sony and PlayStation for helping this come along. I'm gonna see if we can put in a, uh, uh, a request to have some folks who worked on this on the show to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, and I think it's really cool to be able to see, um, you know, all of these conversations happen in a real way. Uh, Greg J. Hazy in the chat says, really excited about seeing this for the disabled, I'm sorry, the disability community. I can't talk today. Proud to say that I've had the opportunity to do some work on Project Leonardo. And it was definitely exciting to see it be a part of the main conference at CES. Shout out to, to, to the fam Hazy uh, for being a part of, uh, of those conversations. Hazy now over directly working with PlayStation in the accessibility lane. So it's cool to be able to have that conversation uh, come in from one of Bricago's own uh, Greg J. Hazy, a.k.a. Hazy Rome. Uh, so always cool to be able to see that kind of stuff come to fruition again. Uh, dope folks do dope things. It's the people who are making those moves behind the scenes that sometimes don't get the recognition that they deserve that are moving the conversation and the industry forward in big and huge ways. So very, very cool to see that be a part of the conversation. And, you know, Greg, you know, I love you, fam. Um, what's also dope is something that came about on the PSVR 2 perspective. PSVR 2 is now another part of that conversation in a big way. They are dropping the headset in early February and it's going to be really dope to see how folks are coming to that piece of gear you know we talked about that in a couple episodes prior about like do we think PSVR 2 is, is really worth the money do you feel like it's really a part of the equation in a bigger way and does it feel like it's actually going to be you know something that people are going to embrace even at that high price point 
And seeing some of the conversations from CES where people getting the hands on for the first time, everyone is saying so far that I've seen that one, it is a huge jump up from the previous uh, hardware and two, that the fidelity, which I think is the most important part about VR, because I think a lot of people still don't understand that VR from a visual fidelity perspective, is in a really interesting space, right? Where, you know, you have a certain amount of uh, field of vision that you can have to kind of get you immersed in the space. You have a certain amount of pixel density per eye that you can have in, 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 in the headset. When you go from tethered to untethered, there's a lot of conversation there. And I think what winds up happening with the PlayStation VR 2 is people are still stuck so much on the, it's a tethered headset. That I think that they're missing what is the beauty of what this hardware is going to wind up providing, which I think is, again, excuse me, finding out how much power is going to be able to come from a home console that is not a direct PC while also having it be a dedicated device to that console is going to be pretty, pretty fantastic to see what's going to happen in that respect. I think it is going to change a lot of people's minds on VR when folks like myself and other folks who are in the space who pre-ordered finally get about it, finally get the devices and start to talk about them in those ways. So I think that's going to be a really monumental space. And the one thing that I do have to say, though, I do think is a little bit of a, a, a downer is, is still the hard, I mean, still the software issue where I think, you know, um, Jim Ryan was on stage talking about you know some of the titles that are going to be coming to PSVR 2 and the kind of big announcement was like we're getting Beat Saber again for the 17th time and I'm like no that's not what I want Beat Saber is great shout out to the teams from Beat Saber but like I think we're past Beat Saber at this point in terms of like showcasing what VR can do I think VR is has so many different ways that you can in, in, in engage with it. Like I, I would have much rather them have done something new with dreams in VR, but dreams is again, is a very niche product. Um, I was really excited to see them talk about Gran Turismo in that way, uh, as that being a PS uh, a VR two title that will come over to it. Um, but again, it's like, you gotta start throwing some other stuff in there. Like I'm surprised they have not tried to snag, uh, um, Alex VR, a uh, Half-Life Alex, as a uh, exclusive for PSVR 2. I mean, if, if we're in a weird way, it doesn't really need to be exclusive because it's already on Steam. But and Microsoft doesn't have a VR headset. But I think it's a thing that they could tout if they finally pulled that into the ecosystem in a real way. So. Um, it was really cool to see Sony kind of step out and do that work. I think there were some fun things from Razer too. Uh, they started talking about their their um, their phone device uh, that that I'm really excited for. They started talking about a wild um, headrest for your chair that has haptics and speakers in the in the headpiece. That also sounds really cool. We want to see if we can you know bug them about maybe getting one of those for the chair. Uh, Cause that would be really wild. Maybe that's super cool to vibe out in your chair with the speaker stuff on it. Um, but I think there's a lot of things that are coming into the space uh, in the early parts of Q1 that are going to be really highly touted and really, uh, there's going to be a lot of conversations about some games and maybe we'll hold that off to next week to talk about the upcoming games that we are going to see in the, the first part of the year 
um, and what that means not only for you at home as players, but for us as critics, because I think there's going to be a real wild um, discussion that's going to happen in February of of this year uh, around a very specific game. If you know, you know. Uh, But all that to say, um, shout out to Harold again. Uh, it was it was dope to have Harold on the show. Uh, you know, there's some changes to the studio happening as well. If you're paying attention and looking at things here, we're still building out Studio Two. Uh, we had a small leak in in Studio Two, so we had to stop production on the build there uh, in terms of getting some of that stuff ready. But um, you know, trying to do some fun things uh, moving forward for 2023. So remember, we're 22 days. It'll be 21 days when this goes up tomorrow on the feed uh, from the Spawnies. Please represent and, and and come through on the 30th. We'll be rocking at 6 p.m. PST. Uh, again, massive love to everybody who's watching on Twitch. Please make sure you're subscribing to the show so you don't get any ads during uh, the month of January. And Go check out the New York Game Awards. Game Awards. Harold is brilliant. It's cool to see him doing all that work in the Bronx. It's fantastic to see how all of the folks in the critic circle are trying to think about the next generation of game makers, players, and writers. Uh, and you want to go definitely go check that out on the 17th of January at 8 p.m. EST on Twitch and on YouTube uh, is where that's going to go. It's going to be Harold and Reg- Reggie Fizeme uh, hosting that show. So we're going to do that and get up out of here for this episode 459. We're going to hit 500 episodes this year, which is wild in year 10. Uh, so lots of love to all those folks uh, who are going to do that. I'm going to jump out of here. We'll see you all next week. And until then, we will get up out of here and say much love and peace.